Wait, this ain't an interview. I'm the new co-host. Yes. Well, yeah. No, I'm not saying this. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, no. We, let's, let's drive that through right now. This isn't one of our normal interview episodes, guys. This yeah. is this is you hate to see it moving forward. Yeah. This is a progress. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to this brand new episode of You Hate to See It, and this is probably going to be the best episode ever, and you will find out in a second, but my name is Adam. I'm Jeff. And the reason this is the best episode is because we finally have replaced Nick. Um, welcome Dan, the new Nick of a podcast. Yes! <laughs> hey, thanks for letting me take his spot. That's what <laughs> happens when you don't show up for your recordings, you get replaced. <laughs> Now you're done. You're done, you miss, kid. Come sit what, down in the corner. We have the limit of one. You miss one and you get replaced in that one. Yeah, that is that's it. how most jobs work. You miss a shift, you're like, Mick, you're done. You're fired. It's usually not this fast on replacing, though. It's not like, all right, well, you're already replaced. We had a line. To be fair, a few episodes ago, Nick was an hour and a half late to the recording. Oh, man. Wow. See, that's, yeah. Which really fucked everyone. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, you don't show up and you're late. You get yeah. replaced and it's entertainment. So it's easy to replace somebody. There's always somebody on standby waiting to, to be the next uh, Nick. Nick Nick was pretty. Well, we just want better than Nick because Nick wasn't the entertaining part. <laughs> that might have been a little harsh, but we'll see. We'll get there. You said it. I didn't. I'll add a laugh track. I'll... Yay. <laughs> um. And so, then it'll be like a regular uh, TV show, like yeah. <laughs> sitcom. <laughs> that's what we should do. Adam, that's our new thing. We're going to do sitcom podcasts. It's going to be a... Let's do a scripted yeah. podcast. We'll do it. Put that put that laugh track in and it'll be like a sitcom from the 80s. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people will love to hear our voices with a laugh track in the back of it. I'm sure they'll love it. We'll find out. What if it's our most viewed episode? That would be I crazy. guess we do it. I guess that's what we roll with now. Um, so, so Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going here. Well, uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, uh, currently based in, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. I've been doing comedy for, uh, almost 11 years now. And, uh, I just recently filmed a dry bar comedy special and I'm working on, I'm currently in the middle of a tour as I'm getting ready to do an album recording at the end of August. How does dry bar comedy work? Do they seek you out? Do you like, how's that work? So like most things with comedy, there's a, there's a booker or somebody that, you know, books the talent, talent booker. And for how it worked for me is I knew other people that uh, had done it. And I asked them about how, what the process was. They gave me the information and then I just, you have to submit to the, to the booker, just like late night shows. A lot of times late nights, um, talent bookers you have to kind of seek them out and submit your stuff and if they think you're if they think you're good enough for their whatever they're booking for then they'll book you <laughs> essentially and it, and in dry bars case you have to be clean obviously because it's that's the that's their whole thing they make content that uh, is safe for work essentially so anybody can watch it and you're not going to have to worry about having offensive uh, material or uh, offensive language or anything like that 
So we always start the podcast by telling everyone what we are drinking. And this week I am drinking a gross mixture of Pink Whitney and ginger ale because that's what I have. <laughs> uh, I see we're on the same level of our alcohol here, Adam, as I am also going through the last bits of my fridge before I restock it. Because um, I have peach mango vodka with Pepsi because I have no other mixers. <laughs> That's worse than mine for some reason. Wow, that does sound worse than that's yeah. just, I Alcohol's alcohol at this point. That's um, fair. That's fair. I, I found this at the bottom of a of a drawer. It's a barefoot hard seltzer. Probably gonna be awful yeah. also. And then I got this singular bud light. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I not have a case, not a 12 pack, not a six pack. Oh, it, it was a 24. A, it a was at one point. <laughs> uh, and then I have some angry orchards somewhere in there. So We'll nice. that is kind of a whole mirage page of alcohol it's just yeah. what's ever been left here from parties and stuff that i'm finally just getting to at the bottom before <laughs> i restock my beer fridge it's the way to do it the way to do it i am being uh healthy and uh, by healthy i mean i'm drinking the old blue moon light sky ah. uh, one of the better uh low carb low calorie beers i've ever had you a seltzer guy I do drink seltzers, but I, I really like beer, uh, but I, I am, I have, di- <laughs> but I'm diabetic. I'm, I got type two diabetes. So I got to watch my carb intake a little bit. So I have to do balance, but I'm a kind of a beer snob and I really like craft beer, um, which isn't always good for me. <laughs> God, I love beer. <laughs> we just, uh, we just had a guest on from Germany who like the, is really big in beer and stuff and does beer tours and things like that and yeah, he owns like a travel guy. yeah he owns like a travel oh, agency awesome. thing that they and do all beer of his things are yeah all of his things based around like, yeah and... <laughs> just alcohol oh that's amazing that sounds like a travel agent i need to meet <laughs> that's i love going to breweries and stuff like local breweries and stuff when i travel and i got like i collect steins too when I, you know, our pint glasses and different things, they're not steins, I guess, pint glasses from the breweries and stuff. Like if I really like their beer, I'll buy one of their, one of their pint glasses. And I've got probably way too many. I was in Montana a couple of weeks ago and I, I went out to Montana the year before for, uh, I have family out there and I went out for my cousin's wedding and my other cousin introduced me to honey huckleberry vodka that is distilled in Montana and Huckleberry is a big thing in, in, in Montana. Like they have like Huckleberry jam, Huckleberry pies, like Huckleberries are huge out there, but this vodka was so amazing. And when I left, I, I, I bought one bottle and I, I bought it thinking, Oh, we'll just, you know, drink it on special occasions, pretty much powered through it. Cause it was so good. It's like, you can make these uh, honey huckleberry lemonade vodkas. Oh my God. They're oh, uh, amazing. That sounds phenomenal. So I was there a couple of weeks ago and I bought a whole case to bring back with me. <laughs> I went to the liquor store and I was like, all right, so I could, they had it like on the top shelf and I went for a particular brand and I grabbed two bottles. I was like, so there's three more bottles on the shelf that I can't quite get without, you know, I don't want to risk breaking other stuff, but if you could go get them for me, I'll take them too. And the cashier looked at me like, what? You want all three of them down? I was like, yes. And then the other cashiers is, was like, wait, you're buying five of these? Yes. <laughs> and that was the second liquor store because I had bought some from another one, but they only had like one bottle. So, 
So I was looking you up a little bit and I saw uh, you, is this your first recorded special that it was supposed to be a love story? Oh yeah, that's the yeah. first. So that was a one person show that I did. Okay. That, uh, and that's, it's, it's the host show is kind of based on a relationship that I was in that went awry. And uh, it was a real crazy thing that happened. Basically, I was with this woman. We got, uh, we got engaged and then we were going to get married and we had a wedding. And then a few days later, she decided she didn't want to be married anymore. Turned out she was kind of, uh, she says she wasn't having the affair then, but it sure did seem like it. Mm-hmm. Basically seemed like she was having an affair, was pregnant with this person's kid. Like it was a whole weird thing. And it was very public and messy. Um, but yeah, so I wrote that one person show about that crazy relationship that I was in and, uh, I, I, uh, and it mixes, it, it isn't just uh stand up. So there is stand up in it, but I mixed in, I, I write, uh, or I, I guess I don't currently haven't really written anything in a while, but I also write poetry. Um, and that was a thing, like I was writing a lot of poetry after the breakup. And so I made this show where I combined uh, some of my poetry with some of my stand up into that. And then it tells the story of kind of our relationship and what happened and so on and so forth, kind of from my perspective of it. And so I wrote that. Well, fuck that bitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I did that. And then after I, I toured it a little bit and then I filmed it and it was on Amazon for a while until Amazon was like, this isn't got enough ratings to be, we need to make room for other people with better stuff. <laughs> that's essentially right. well and that's when i learned you need to have a marketing plan when you do something like that so now i went to school for marketing because uh yeah i learned a valuable lesson with that you need a marketing plan when you do stuff especially when you're independent and uh but now it, it still lives it still lives on uh, youtube and it's awesome so it's available on my youtube and it also is a spoken word album too so like people can stream it on pandora spotify things like that so it's still out there just not on amazon anymore but there's a record that it was it's still if you look it up you'll find it on amazon you just can't watch it um so what did how did she feel did she ever contact you after the special came out of like what what the Um, the fuck (laughs) yeah if it was so public beforehand then you were like well let's do some fucking comedy around this (laughs) shit but i'm gonna record this and put this out for the world yeah on amazon nonetheless honestly i looked at it this way at that point i didn't really care what her feelings were because it was this from my perspective and i in the special i try to be as honest as i could and it wasn't it wasn't like a show where I threw her under the bus. You know, like I wasn't like just totally crapping on her as a human, you know, mm-hmm. like I admit to my own problems that in my own issues in the relationship. I mean, the relationship just wasn't good. We weren't good for each other. And it's better now. I'm in a way better place than I was when I was with that person. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really didn't really care because it was a story from my perspective i know she was angry about it but she never really contacted me but she definitely would like say things to mutual friends that we that we had about it and Mm -hmm. the way i looked at it is that it was my story too yeah so i bet you somewhere there on amazon there's a one-star rating that you can go and find that just says this son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) um So I also see that you uh, you worked on a like a sketch show called Sue Empire Tonight. 
Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that was more like it wasn't a sketch show. That was actually kind of a late night style TV show. That was the the idea. It was uh, um, but more local. So it was like a Tonight Show, but it was okay. based out of Sioux Falls. So I I ended up being the executive producer on that. I I originally was it was like a whole independent uh, thing that we were doing with some other com some other local comics. And originally I was just going to try to be the head writer. But nobody really knew how to produce anything or be a producer. And so I stepped up and kind of produced, ended up being the executive producer and the, the one of the main writers for the show. But yeah, we modeled it after late night TV where we had a host and he would do a monologue and we did, you know, we did monologue jokes, but they were all local to the Sioux Falls and surrounding areas. We did things like that. We do a couple national things, but most of it was local. And then it featured local stand-up comedians and musicians and things like that. So but we, it, it was like all no budget. We didn't have any funding. It was all volunteer. Uh, a lot of work went into it. And so we ended up only doing like four or five episodes before everybody. And I told everybody kind of going into it, I was like, this is a lot of work. I don't think you guys understand what we're about to embark on. And after about five episodes, people were like, yeah, this is a lot of work for not (laughs) making money. (laughs) But it was still, it was a fun experience. I think I've only been to Sioux Falls once. That was for my freshman year of college. The uh, women's basketball team went to the NAIA national championship and we drove up there and that was a fucking blast i was also hammered so <laughs> that's a good way to experience south dakota well i mean well south dakota and watching women's basketball so <laughs> is there is there a drinking game on this podcast where people listening have to take a drink if when they hear something that might be offensive if they get uh, offended by oh if it was that they- oh if it, <laughs> if it was every time we said something offensive we wouldn't make it through the podcast <laughs> Uh, the only rule we have is uh, uh, when we say you hate to see it and when we say FURTA and I don't remember which one was when we first started it was take a shot for one of them and then um, just take for, a sip for the other one for whenever someone said you hate to see it was a shot FURTA was just the everyone drink oh, okay I have to ask you guys this yeah. what is the title of the podcast inspired by so <laughs> a stupid thing uh, Jeff used to say. did we oh god i don't think we've ever actually gone through this on the podcast because so, it's it's a very misleading title yeah in a sense well it didn't used to be we after like episode 10 we stopped saying all of our shit because we i guess kind of funneled in but so you hate to see it was something i said all the fucking time in college so we <laughs> and you didn't to, know you said it either. I didn't know I said it that often and then but Adam picked it up for me and also said it and Adam and I were always together so people heard it way too fucking often yeah we, <laughs> so, so in college we played D&D together and when something would happen like like oh like that now you would say like big hoof or like oh well you like you hate to see that like playing D&D and Jeff said it constantly and that just became a thing for us and then oh that's that's great because that that actually the title though you hate to see it it sounds like this would be like a movie or tv review podcast so we used to review stuff we don't <laughs> yeah really anymore um so I mean, like we it's do... almost it reminds me of like uh like a how did this get made podcast in a sense so... where it's like you're watching bad stuff that nobody would want to watch <laughs> So 
you hate it still kind of works for us because we also under this like our name we do a true crime podcast so it works out for that like so it's oh, like yeah. you hate to see it and it's because you know it's true crime you do hate to see it like yep. <laughs> so it, it still works out but... and also we didn't start off by doing videos and our shtick was like we are so bad that you don't want to see us do this ah, okay so just listen to us instead i think we we had a tagline for a while that was like something along those lines that you don't right. want to see us curious. but definitely listen to us. <laughs> um well since you said you liked comic books we'll go and i'll i'll hop onto this bandwagon for a little bit uh what are you currently reading i'm currently i read a lot of independent stuff so this is going to be kind of a i'm i'm going to probably get a lot of heat for this but i'm not a big mainstream person when i say i'm not a big mainstream person i'm not really into marvel i'm not really into dc do they have great characters do they have yes absolutely great stuff they put out great stuff but i i used to own a comic book store so there's a little bit of history i own a comic book store from 2003 until 2009 um and I'm not a big mainstream comic book guy because I saw what they do. Whenever they have a major story arc, they they arc it into every title that they put out. And if you want to get like the full complete story, you need to like get an issue of this and an issue of that and yada, yada, yada. So it's just a big marketing ploy is all it ends up doing to sell more titles. Understand from a business perspective where they're going with that as a reader and a collector, I'm like, ah, I don't like that because if I don't like a particular character, I don't want to have to go buy these books to get the full story. I like the writing. I like the stories. So I'm more of an independent guy. I like independent comics more than I like mainstream titles. I do like, I mean, there's, I like Batman uh, as a character and some other, you know, I like Deadpool and, and, and Gambit is my favorite X-Men and things like that. So like, I've definitely delved into that you know the mainstream stuff but for me it's all about independent stuff like my favorite writer is probably ed brubaker and and as an artist sean phillips they're a great team they do criminal um and now right now they've got a graphic novel series that they've been putting out there's like going to be three books called reckless um they do a lot of crime and noir type of stuff and i really like that kind of content so those are kind of my 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 people in the comic book world but right now i'm reading a lot of independent stuff like i just picked up um vinyl which is a i, it, I just picked up the first issue i am not sure it, it kind of has to do with like a killer situation um i bought uh, masters of the universe revelations um as a comic but that was pretty good so far uh what else do i read god i got so much you know what you know what i'm gonna do i keep i'm anal and i keep track of it in my phone <laughs> same i have i have uh i use the the comic book uh league of comic book geeks that's app exactly what i use yep. to keep track of all my stuff and all my orders and everything um here we go all right so yeah i just started reading ordinary gods which was pretty good oops this is the person I should be talking to because I prefer independent because the the I don't read comic books often. And I, I mean, I bought some and I still haven't actually gone through all most. Yeah, of them. I, well, and another thing that I really like about a lot of the independent stuff that I read, they're 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 uh, they're usually miniseries. 
Like they'll usually be like five to 10 books total in them. Usually it's more five to six. So the cool thing is about this is that I can constantly change my pull list. So every few months I'm getting different titles. So it's not always the same, you know, because most people only have so much money they can spend on, on whatever, whatever their hobby is. You have a certain budget that you can spend and that's it. So it's a nice way for me to like not overspend on comic books and still get and get a variety. Like if I was collecting a lot of the mainstream titles, well, my titles would have to be the same every month because they constantly put that stuff out all the time. And then it doesn't give me a lot of room to like branch out into some other stuff. That's another reason I like the independent stuff. So, so you are very much like me in terms of comics, um, except like, I haven't really gotten into a lot of the independence, but like I only buy the ongoing Captain Marvel. That's my only mm-hmm. ongoing, but I do still buy a lot of DC and Marvel by doing their short series. Like they're, Oh yeah. Like the mini series. Yeah. Stuff. They're mini series. Yeah. They're seven issue runs. I'm like, I'm reading challenge of the super sons, which is uh Superboy and uh, Damian Wayne uh fight hmm. to like go, traveling through time fighting together and it's seven oh, that's issues. cool and it's a monthly it's seven issues and it's done and yep. i'm reading like joker right now which i think is another seven issue series i and will say deceased was really good deceased i mean i've i i have i only got the first book of it but deceased so, was yeah really good. deceased is phenomenal it's one of the best pieces of writing i've ever read um and it's deceased is just all the dc characters and it's a standalone thing that it was a seven issue series and then had a sequel three issue series and another sequel like five issue series Hmm. i might have to look for the trade on that yeah because that's another thing that i like like with uh ed brubaker as an example so i kind of got out of comics and got back into them uh about five or six years ago and I just discovered them here recently, which was great because they've been uh, they've been doing stuff for years. So like they have it's good and bad. It's good because I'm I'm discovering all this stuff. It's bad because there's so much stuff out there now, too. So it's like, oh, no, I don't know what to get. But I've been reading uh, their their series Criminal. I've been buying all the trade paperbacks for that. That's a really good uh, little uh, really good crime series. But uh Money Shot is another one I really like, and that's from Vault Comics. Vault Comics has put out a lot of great stuff. Um, and then uh, Image, I do read a lot of stuff from Image. That Texas Blood is a really good crime book that um, the artist is actually Sean Phillips' son, I believe, or his son is involved somehow. And Sean Phillips is a comic book artist. Uh, Blue Flame is another one. Keanu Reeves has got a book out, Berserker. That's been pretty good, too. I've heard I've heard about that. That is good. I'm gonna. I've been thinking about looking into it. Yeah. Oh, I guess the one, uh, the one ongoing book that I do get quite a bit is uh, James Bond. Uh, They they redid they they put started doing James Bond a few years ago, and I started collecting them. Uh, And that's like the only like ongoing thing that I've had for years. Everything else is pretty like, like I said, very independent. A lot of Image comics is what it ends up. Image and Vault. Yeah. happen to be an aftershock or probably three of the biggest publishers that I get stuff from. 
Yeah, I uh, so I'm big Spider-Man fan, and Marvel does a lot of Spider-Man miniseries. And so right now, they just this week finished up a series called Spider Shadow, which is like one of their what if series mm-hmm. about um, if Spider-Man with the Venom symbiote killed someone and then revealed himself to J. Jonah Jameson. And huh. and they're like, what the hell are they going to do now in figuring this out? Um, I like a lot of the Spider-Man symbiote stuff. They have symbiote Spider-Man of like a series going on of like a bunch of different mini series that are sequels to each other of symbiote Spider-Man, which is really good. Thing. Now, I personally have not been a big Spider-Man fan. However, the uh, end of the Spider-Verse, that yeah. was so good. I, I know I probably, I, I, I'm i not a big Spider-Man fan and I'm not a big Superman fan. And I know- Superman's the worst comic book character ever. <laughs> and I know they're both like the golden boys for each, you know, yeah. for Marvel and DC, but I'm just like- <laughs> I mean, but. Superman, why Superman ever loses is a mystery to me. I, I don't know how you can have a compelling character that can literally do anything. No, um, I know. That's why they, they I, had to invent things to make him weak. And, and, like, yeah, and like it's always kryptonite. And it's, it uh-huh. becomes like the MacGuffin they had that to, you're just like, oh, shut up now. <laughs> like, they had to invent it in order for him to have a weakness because otherwise he didn't have a weakness. He just, yeah, it, yeah it, the character's so far-fetched. And then I mean, even the movies that, do that. Like, if you, like, the movies do the same thing because Batman, like, basically kills superman with kryptonite and then yep. they can't they can't win in justice league they literally can't win until they revive superman and then superman comes in and literally just beats the ever-living fuck out of him single-handedly like he, nope. <laughs> at least nope. in the movies they like they gave his like people hate on man of steel but it gave the character of superman a interesting enough backstory to understand why he pulls his punches it's yeah. not great but it's better. <laughs> yeah. My biggest pet peeve though with Superman is that people can't tell the difference between Clark Kent and Superman. I don't and understand that, it at all. That yeah. pisses me off because taking off your glasses and putting in a little curl does not wait. Where is Dan? Oh holy shit. I thought <laughs> oh, we had right? oh, shit. Sorry, I honestly I thought we had Nick back for a second. Um, so. yeah, my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read any of the Zenoscope comics? Oh, Zenscope? Oh yeah. man, I love Zenscope. I don't um I don't keep up on like a lot of their current stuff, but I buy uh their quarterlies quite a bit. I actually remember they are one of, they started when I owned my comic book store. They were a new company then. And the fact that they're still going is amazing. Ren and Stimpy kind of got me into comic books. Like one of the first comic books I bought was a powdered toast comic from Ren and Stimpy it was like a special I don't really collect like most of the con- I'm not mo- I'm not really a collector as much as I am a reader like everything I buy I buy because I read it once in a while I will pick up a variant cover or an extra variant cover of something as a collector but I mostly just read and but because that's kind of what got me into comics in the first place I did go back and get the entire Ren and Stimpy run and mm-hmm. I think I'm like one comic away from uh, one of their annuals, and then I'll have every Ren and Simpy comic that Marvel put out. Jeff, do you have anything? I'm just. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad for him. We're like going into the hardcore. Oh, no, man, it's fine. I mean, I'm the one that runs the true crime, which is 75% me talking. So. Well, see now, true crime, 
that's another that's why i like i'm i'm a big true crime guy too that's why most of the comics that i read are true crime or they're not true crime but they're crime inspired you know what i mean like yeah. that's why i like the detective type stuff and the crime and the noir because i i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts too so like i'm big into true crime what's your too, favorite so. what's your favorite true crime podcast uh <sighs> It's a tie. It's probably a, it's a toss up. I really like. I really like Sword and Scale. I like their his storytelling style. Him as a person, I'm not a fan. Of. He's kind of a douche. <laughs> uh, same, but same. yeah, I, but I really like his podcast, and I really like how he does the storytelling. But he's a douche, uh, and I really like True Crime Garage. That's another one that I really like. I I've listened but, to a couple of those. Yeah, but oh. I think my favorite, one of my favorites is called the Heist Podcast. So they just do, they they try not, they try to stay away from murder. You know, some stories will have murder in it or whatever and death, but they mostly just do, they do, it's true crime about heists, like famous heists and things that have happened throughout history and in the world and stuff. And it's a fun, a fun, just a fun podcast. So we mostly just hit on, we try to kind of stay away from like the big names everyone knows or what every true crime podcast like so serial killers usually not yeah. something we'll cover uh so we do a lot of like the bigger the bigger ones we've done are a lot of the, like the just the the one crime that everyone knows about so chris watts we did mm-hmm. and we just finished up drew peterson just finished up drew peterson and upcoming we'll be doing larry nasser so the Olympic uh, gymnast per, uh, fucking trainer. Yeah, trainer. Athletic who, trainer. Yeah. Who uh, sexually abused 256 or over 200 women. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. So that's so we, we try women, to get on like girls. But, yeah. You yeah know. Children, yeah. really, if you want to. <laughs> really. So, yeah, we just it, it, we do what we're doing now. We just drink and then go through true crime and nice. try to explain it and. But we try to, yet again, we try to make it more conversation than us just throwing a bunch of facts at you. Mm-hmm. So we'll like, we'll, we'll, we'll lay down the foundation and the facts and then Nick will go on his drunken psychology rampage <laughs> of the person. I'll just, Adam will just shit talk the person the entire time. And what's this podcast called? Drunken jurors. It's under you hate to see it. Yeah. But it's so we really, so we do release every week. So we, re- we release every Monday, but. It's bi-weekly on what podcast you get. So oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. That's one thing I actually was trying. I was thinking about starting a true crime podcast and I started doing some of the marketing and people were interested. And then I got lazy and just didn't do it. <laughs> do you want if you want a co-host that'll help out your boy. Or you could hop onto ours. Honestly, if you want. Ours. <laughs> yeah, if there's if there's any topics that you wanted to do an episode on but you didn't, just let us know. We'll all do the we'll we'll we can all do the research well, and we'll just so, fucking put it out there. Th- I was going to do, I was going to specialize more at the time and true crime in within like South Dakota. It was going to be more regional just because, so I grew up, uh, so this is a little bit about me. So I grew up in a town called Huron, South Dakota. It's a town, when I grew up, there was about 19,000 to 20,000 people. It's decreased a lot over the years. And now, you know, it's about 12 to 13,000 people. But I was doing the math one day, like there was a lot of murder that has happened in that town. And I figured it out to where it was like almost there was a murder almost every three years. If you like averaged it out, like from like as far as I could go back and find, uh, you know, 
and these were actually it wasn't even going back into like looking at news or anything it was just going back to murders that i knew of in my lifetime in this town and it was it, it averaged to be like one in every three years to me that seems like a lot for a town of that size yeah. maybe not but to me i was like that seems like a lot and they weren't all like because of the same thing it wasn't like all drug related like they were crimes of passion there was a murder where a guy killed his mistress because she was pregnant and there was this woman who went crazy and killed her kid because she was all messed up with religion and then there was this other uh another guy killed this dude because he was stalking his wife like and that was really crazy to me because it happened in high school outside our local 7-eleven and i had literally just left the 7-eleven like i go there every day on my way to school and i just went did my thing and i saw the guy that got shot like there and then i went on my way and then somebody that i went to high school with his dad was the one that shot this person like just walked up to him in the car and just shot him. It, it insane. But like, so there's been like all these different things that have happened, like shootings and another instance where uh, a kid like killed his mom, I think, with a sword and then attacked the police with the sword. So like all kinds of different crazy things. That's why I was inspired to be like, ah, oh, there's a lot of like true crime that happens in smaller towns that doesn't necessarily get profiled. So- there is actually a huge podcast and that's, it's one of my top ones. It's called small, small town murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. Great. Yep. Fuck it. I mean, each episode's like two to three hours long though, but it, they are amazing. Those episodes are great. I love listening. Well, to and that was another thing. When I started researching this, I, I, and, and um, the name is slipping me, but there was a sheriff of Beetle County, which was the County that I lived in that ended up becoming a notorious hitman for the mob jesus like yeah like it was crazy like he grew up in kimball south dakota joined the military then came back and then he became the sheriff and then he got crooked he kind of became you know he was really into the into um uh uh the uh, prohibition and and running alcohol Mm. and you know being muscle for some people and then he ended up ultimately like uh he ended up in jail off and on and then he started working as a hit person for the mob. And then like they killed somebody killed his one of his buddies. And so then he went out and he like killed some high ranking mob people as retaliation for them killing his friend. And then ultimately he met his demise when he was in his early 30s outside of Detroit, like <laughs> got shot. Like, yeah. So like and it was crazy shit in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like crazy to hear stories like that because the town is so small. But like, and that was like back in the thirties. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. We'll we'll come up with something <laughs> for, for the true crime one. True crime is is fun. It's fun, especially when you like get into the, the like just the crazy details of some things are just it's just wild. Like mm-hmm. it gets out of hand so fast, and it's just like. It's either like, oh my god, the police fucking suck. What were they thinking? Or it's like, oh, how did this even start to happen? It's like, oh, the warning signs were there for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of the crazy things, too. Like when um when and, and so it's Vern Miller. Vern Miller was the sheriff that ended up becoming uh notorious. Like he was on the I believe he was on the FBI's most wanted list, and then he became a 
hitman for the mob. But um, yeah, but that's the crazy thing when you listen to a lot of true crime is like people are like, well, I'm surprised that this has happened, and then they like you look at the evidence and like, why was anybody surprised? <laughs> like yeah. this person literally tried to get help, and that's one thing I'm realizing too is that police are lazy. A, like, and and that's not even like the whole put aside all the other you know current events with police. But if you go and you listen to a true crime story, a lot of times uh, a person will reach out for help and they're like, I don't know, nothing we can do, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of these crimes could have been prevented. But because the police were lazy, didn't want to do anything or whatever, somebody ends up getting murdered. And it's well, like, oh. What was and, the one thing that we talked about like overseas where the police were just dumb as fuck? What's that one episode that we did? With the boat, there was a boat. I don't remember, oh, like, uh, the one in uh, like Germany. Scott, Scott Watts, Watson, Scott Watson. It wasn't Germany. It was in uh, New Zealand, mm-hmm. where the police were just like they were just throwing out random facts that weren't actual <laughs> facts. They're like, ah, oh, this yeah. is our evidence, and it's like that shit never happened. There's like seven witnesses that say that wasn't a thing. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And then another thing I've noticed too is like 911 operators, not so great all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like, there was that uh, case where that um, I forget that I don't have the name, but that he was, uh, he basically locked the, the, um, the uh, social service lady out of the house and then burned it down with his kids inside, with him and his kids. Like, because it was like a, a whole, like, thing like he had murdered the mom essentially but they hadn't found the body yet she went missing and then the parents got her parents got custody of the kids and then he fought for like um visitation but it was supervised visitation and she was bringing the kids over and when she did he like let the kids in and then quick slammed the door on her and locked the door or whatever and she called 911 and that operator just kept asking her the dumbest questions. Like she kept answering them and explaining what was happening. And he just kept asking dumb questions before he sent help. And then the guy ended up burning the house down from the inside and killed, killed himself and his two small children. And that that's something where it could have been prevented. And in fact, I think there's even a dateline special on that one too. Like it was a very popular (laughs) case. Like, so the cool, I, I, the thing that makes our true crime a little bit, different is nick and i both have degrees in law enforcement so i'm just funny mm-hmm. that's all i'm yeah. here for so we <laughs> we both we both studied law enforcement throughout college so we get we can kind of break down like the law like so when it comes to like sentencing and stuff like that for people we can break that down a little bit more we also both have minors in uh forensic psych so when it comes to psych breakdowns we can kind of do those not perfectly but we can do those pretty well so mm-hmm. we kind of like, so it's a lot of drunken fun just talking about the crime, but then we also get to t- say, oh, well, this is why the killer was a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> if you know your rights, you probably could have done this, like, in just like, or vice versa, like different shit, like, or the cops probably shouldn't have done that because this is, this is X, Y, Z bullshit. So which happens I think, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a lot of times where Nick and I are just like, I mean, if you look at it uh yeah this was all dumb as fuck <laughs> so it's kind of what <laughs> yeah, makes us a little bit different and i but it's mostly us just drunk talking about true crime and just having a fun time with it 
bring you shedding a little like bit different light. <laughs> let's uh let's uh move on to some D and D, something we've all played. Oh, yeah. I'm I, forgot, a lot I knew of. there was something else that we so we were gonna talk D&D. about. D and D let's play tonight. <laughs> Do you have any favorite D and D experience? Any characters that you've created to fuck specifically to fuck over DMs? Because oh boy, oh, well, have we done that! I had a character that because so when I owned my comic book store, like one of my favorite things is every every weekend we would role play. Like there was nights when my comic book shop, we were hanging out at the shop after bars closed. Like we would play, <laughs> we would we would role play until like three four in the morning at the shop, <clears throat> and. uh I had a character that I played for several, like, like I played it for years. Like I ended up getting up to like a, getting it into being a high level character. And this was like, we were playing like 3.5 edition, but like I had this, a character that was like a rogue turned into an assassin who had a relationship with a dragon ended up, I ended up ex- getting a ton of experience from a, a deck of many things. I got lucky on a draw and like ended up going from like a s- low level to like a high level right away. Like I went from, I don't know, like level two or three to like level 13, which definitely speeded me along or whatever. Um, but I played that character for a long time and it was pretty cool to play that character for so long. I mean, we've done a lot of things. I was a centaur at one point, and Jeff was a a dwarf. A gnome, a gnome. A, I was a gnome cavalier, so, so that he way, could be my so, steed. Yeah, we were both <laughs> fighters, and I made myself the biggest centaur I could possibly be. And he made himself the smallest gnome he could possibly be, so I could so he fit my carrying weight. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> See, I've been playing online with some of my buddies. We've been we've been using Zoom. We just did a whole big long uh session on sunday we did uh we played from like 11 to 6 doing like a one shot god that's just oh i love those days yeah those are we do that once a month now yeah we played uh in college together and then after college we did online and at least like we all hard to get through a whole like campaign online yeah and we all have different feelings online like for me it's like i have a really hard time giving a shit about online I, it's just yeah. it's not the same i know a person not. that i use the energy around me for my own energy and yeah. it, so it's just it's a different atmosphere and i can't see yeah. people like at least like for podcasting i see everyone so well, see, so when we do it online so we use zoom to communicate and then depending on the campaign you know we use like one group i'm in we do fantasy grounds this last time i played we just did pen and paper but we just played through zoom and it was great because the dm could share the maps and everything he needed to share through zoom and all this stuff was right there which was we should good. try that yeah like one of my favorite role-playing games was shadow run shadow run and then i like playing d20 modern it was like D D, but like in the modern age so there was like weapons and like guns and the funnest campaign I've ever done, though, is we did a one shot back when I had my shop. A friend that DMs a lot put together an evil campaign. And so all the characters had to be evil. And he ran a couple sessions of it. He did like three different sessions because everybody wanted to play because very rarely do you do a campaign where you get to play an evil character. Usually there might be one evil character in the group or, you know, usually they fuck it up for everyone. Yeah, the one douche fucking everything. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so this was like, we were all evil. 
Like that was the thing. We're all evil. And so the gist of the, the campaign is that uh, the one shot is that as a group, you have to, uh, you, the goal was to effectively take over this town and all the other groups failed. There, there was like three groups. Uh, our group was the only one that successfully took over the town. And what we ended up doing is we ended up uh, assassinating a high ranking city official. And then we framed one of our own members in the group. <laughs> Uh, we set him up and then we actually we set him up and then murdered him ourselves and then like <laughs> basically used bureaucracy to take over this town we like fooled them into thinking we were heroes and then we we were able to take over the town it was great <laughs> i've uh i have some ideas of like i've always wanted to do like a full evil campaign um always recently I've wanted to do an all evil campaign where i would be dm of that i have a few other ideas of like kind of adapting the percy jackson books into a campaign but that oh, okay would, that... that one is like a lot of work because that's a campaign that i'd probably let be xp based and then create the world and then just put them in the world like i would essentially have to have the whole campaign planned ahead of time as location-based things mm -hmm. and then just let them do it so what's your favorite so obviously there's multiple editions and stuff so what's your favorite edition or just general um like i mean i, I really do all books but whatever you want to call it yeah there are different editions or whatever i mean 3.5 was always fun but i do really like how fifth edition has simplified things they made it a lot easier to to play you know, you're all like, they made it, Yeah, yeah. They you're made guys. Guys. you. They you're basically made you. Yeah, they made you the Avengers. Basically, is what you are. Yeah, but yeah, and they made it like I said. It's very way simpler to play. You have to, you know, with third edition and like or second edition and third and three point five. There's I heard so much... second edition was literally out to kill you. Like you weren't supposed to succeed in second edition. No, no, not at all. <laughs> like, and that's how long I've been playing. Like I played like, and so this group that I played with the other day, minus uh, with one person, one person wasn't an original. Uh, it's one of the persons that played is a wife of one of the other players who everybody else in the group, we went to high school together. We've been playing D, D like some of us the the one who dm'd he joined us he moved here when we were in high school um moved to our area when he was in high school but the other two people in the group and myself we've been playing uh role-playing since we were in middle school together so most of us though we've been playing together since we were in high school so this group that we played online with is like high school people that I went to high school with and we've been playing since then. Um, so it was fun to, uh, to do the campaign together. But um, so that's how long we've been playing. Like I played second edition when I started, that was what was out. But I think, like I said, I really do like fifth edition because they've, they've made it a lot simpler than, than it used to be. Like it was a lot of, a well, lot there's of so many fucking things. expansions also expansions and rules and, everything at this point like i don't think sixth edition is going to come out for at least 20 years because fifth addiction is just so good 
like they they so really good f- like they made it so it's basically they made it simplified and then they just slowly expand on it yeah and it, it's made that you can still play simplified if you don't know what the hell you're doing or you can play bigger if you want to mm-hmm. yeah and and it's very homebrew heavy like the book literally says homebrew like this is just a guide but homebrew do it your own shit yeah oh yeah it'll be well i mean they will they will come out with another one because they always do there it's always i mean at the end of the day it's marketing and trying to yeah. sell more games well, i don't know which is the coast has their hand in fucking everything right now yeah. i don't know if they're even focusing on D at this point they got magic the gathering they got fucking a movie coming it isn't the D movies by wizards of the coast I think it's supposed I, yeah, to be coming sure, out. But yeah, but they yeah, they definitely do. Like actually, I used to play Magic the Gathering quite a bit. And that's oh, I love it. What got me into Magic the Gathering is I worked for a company that was an overwrap. They were a packaging <clears throat> company and they were a contracted through Wizards of the Coast. And so we packaged uh Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards. And that's how I got into playing Magic, is because I was like, we would have we'd have these what they they were called hand lines, and there would be like a card that was defective. And we'd have to go through all these cards after they were cut into decks and look for the defect and take it out. And so I worked 12 hour shifts. So I'd like sit there and I started reading the cards because you get bored after doing the same monotonous crap for hours and hours. And I was like, oh, this seems cool. And all my friends played. So I was like, hey, you guys need to teach me how to play this. I'm ready. You know? <laughs> and then as you start sifting through cards, you're like, pocket that one. <laughs> yeah, no. I seen more secure. There was more security at that place than at most banks. It was insane. Like they had, they literally had security people walking around. There was, if you could look in any direction and you would see two things, you would see a clock and a security camera. In fact, and and in bad product, like that was one of the craziest things. I had to work in the warehouse briefly where my job was to destroy, uh, to destroy bad products oh shit like i just threw things in a shredder it was insane i like i was so sad that was probably the most depressing job i ever had (laughs) as two people who work as security guards yeah yeah (laughs) and before i got into playing the game i collected so like when i worked at that company i started collecting the cards i was like oh this is cool and i started buying it and collecting them and then finally, I was like, you know what? This does seem like a fun game. I should learn how to play it. And then I learned how to play it. And then that was even worse because then I was buying like a maniac because I started playing competitively. Well, before but, we wrap it all up, I mean, we might as well go back to, you know, you being a comic and maybe actually talk about that at some point. <laughs> um, so where, what, where's your favorite place you, you performed? Um, my favorite place that I've performed... Oh, I really enjoyed performing at the Ice House Comedy Club in Pasadena. That was always good. But honestly, I think my favorite place was in Provo, Utah, when I filmed my Dry Bar Comedy Special. That was such a fun show. How Um, many people are usually there, like, attending those? Well, so mine was a little different because of the COVID restrictions. So typically they get probably, you know, two to 300 people are usually in that recording. But when I did it, they had COVID restrictions. So it was only like 50 people, 50 okay. audience members plus the crew. So, yeah. yeah. So there was that. But it, and again, it was still so fun. Yeah. Where's a place like, where's your dream place to perform? 
Netflix. Like, but where? Where would you do Netflix? Like, Doesn't where, matter. Where, if you got no, so if you got Netflix, because I think definitely Netflix not Amazon. You, sure I know. Is Amazon. So because I'm pretty. Doesn't Netflix allow you to choose the venue you want to do it? I at? have no. I suppose it really depends on the on the deal that you're you're able yeah. to get from Netflix. Well, if they allow you, so if you got to if, do if a Netflix, I was special gonna film a special. I don't know. I mean, I don't really have like. There's not like a particular spot yet uh, that I that I know that i'd want to go perform at i mean i always thought it would be cool if i got a special to film it at a theater like in my home state somewhere just because south dakota yeah somewhere yep. that's never happened somewhere somewhere in south some probably somewhere in sioux falls would be cool but there's a couple really good theaters in sioux falls that would be fun to do it at they're smaller but um i think that would make it more intimate too um there's actually I mean, quite part, a few Netflix specials now that seem like they're smaller venue type. Yeah, things. no, absolutely. And I just know, like, I have a couple friends that just shot. Uh, they got to they they're they're shooting season three of the standups, okay. and which are basically their Netflix versions of Comedy Central's half hour specials, essentially. Yeah. So it's like a you know they do like five or six comics, and they each get a half hour. And a couple of my friends just shot theirs for they that. They didn't for get you an in. It's not how it works. You gotta. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Selfish. They're Selfish friends, people. but I didn't say we were necessarily that great of friends. We're not like oh. close friends. <laughs> friends is used loosely in the comedy world. <laughs> you want to give us your best joke? If it's a story, whatever, just whatever oh, my you think. Best joke. Your, well, whatever, whatever one you love telling, whatever it is. That or your best heckler experience. One of those is what best... I want to. I've never, I haven't really had any like good heckler. I mean, I get heckled once in a while, but nothing like, like cr- I haven't had like no crazy, like heckle. Something experience. that like stops the show to where you exactly. have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did get a lady to flash me one time. <laughs> she was like heckling me and said something. And, and I don't know, I don't even remember what happened, but in the, in the re- end result was her flashing me. I mean, that was pretty funny, but. Sounds um, like the best case scenario out of that i think i guess yeah, right exactly exactly oh yes this is an experience that was fun that i almost <laughs> I, I mean i've talked about this a little bit where i almost got uh i almost got i don't know if i almost got in a if you would call it a fight or like i got threatened a guy like at an open mic when i lived in san diego i was making fun of the open mic not making fun and not even making fun of it. I was making up fun of open mics in general, not that specific mic, but just open mics in general. And I opened up where I was like, oh, yeah, we're here at the Salty Frog, which is the name of the bar. I'm like, yeah, it's open mic night You know, open mics where dreams come to die. You know, that kind of thing, like just making fun of open mics in general. And a guy in the audience was super drunk and he thought I was making fun of the bar and this particular bar originally was owned by a military guy who who ended up i think dying in combat and then another mil- so it was a military bar it was like a navy bar or whatever and he thought i was making fun of the the bar and he got mad because i was disrespecting the owner or whatever and he got up and came right literally in my face so i'm like holding the microphone and he's like literally right here in front of my face and i said he's like 
you better not be making fun of this bar, blah, blah. You know this bar. You know that guy. He says his name. And there's a picture of the previous owner on the wall and a memorial to him, whatever. And I'm like, I'm not, I, I, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not making fun of the, the bar. I'm making fun of the open mic. And he goes, my name's Mike. And I'm like, what? Your shirt says Tom. And it got a real big laugh. So he was wearing a mechanic shirt that said Tom. He's like, I got this at a thrift store or something. So his name was Mike. So now he thinks I'm making fun of him. And he's like literally in my face and nobody else is doing anything. And he's like, I'm going to, you know, whatever. And so then I ended up, I ended up doing crowd work, but with him literally in my face. So like, I think I was doing like a 10 minute set that night. And I literally did a majority of my set was just with him in my face. Because I also made fun of him because he was heckling throughout the whole night, too. And I made fun of him because he looked like one of the guys from uh, that uh, Deadliest Catch. And so then I started making fun of that. I was like, oh, look, the captain from Deadliest Catch is here tonight. And like just going in on him and whatever. And that was a fun experience because I and it ultimately did not get punched or murdered. <laughs> Finally, he went and sat back down and drank. <laughs> finished off his night right <laughs> yeah but it was close it was close <laughs> for all uh, my jokes though you can go i have a youtube channel that has some of my material and you can i have jokes on tiktok d booblets comedy on all the social medias you can find some of my stuff out there i i have had a few uh jokes that have went viral on like tiktok and did really well on youtube and instagram reels and things like that oh yeah well my website is uh, danbooblitz.com, and that is spelled B-U-B-L-I-T-Z. If you spell it the fun way, I don't guarantee what you'll find. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's on you, not me. And then I'm on all social media platforms as D Booblitz Comedy. Uh, I've got content everywhere. And then I have a podcast where I talk to other performers about their worst shows and what they learn from it to get better at comedy. It's called The Art of Bombing. It's a fun podcast in the sense that uh, comedians tell fun stories about bad times that they've had on stage or at shows. And there's a lot of entertaining stories. I've had people like Louie Anderson, Dusty Slay. I just had Mike Kaplan on the show. Uh, so I've had I've had Alonzo Bowden and the list goes on and on. I've been doing that podcast for over four years and there's over 200 episodes. So lots of fun, uh, fun shows there to listen to. Um, and you can find that on where, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can probably find the art of bombing. Otherwise you can go to art and, uh, find more content there. So I think that's everything. Can you tell I've done this before? Yeah. <laughs> it's all, we, you hate to see it is available wherever you listen to podcasts for all of our links, go down in the description and visit our link tree. Um, the very top button on our link tree says become a patron. It will take you to our uh, Podbean site uh, for our patrons, and uh, you can donate at $1, $3, $5, and going up from there, uh, you get extra bonus content at each level that you donate at. Uh, it's a monthly donation, and we really appreciate it. At the $1 level, you get to join our exclusive Discord. Uh, and then you also get a bunch of bonus content, such as our Taskmaster special, which is a yearly event that we put on. Um, you could, at the $5 level, or at the $3 level, excuse me, you get our 
unedited video podcasts exclusively on our Podbean. Um, shut up, Jeff. I said that exclusively perfectly. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Dan, for coming on our podcast and replacing Nick. That yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll right. see you next week. Yeah, we'll. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to coming back. Sorry, Nick. You're done. You're ace. You're axed. You're out. You're deuced. You're gone. You're all the the all the whatever the words are for. You're no longer part of this podcast. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. You're done. You're done, kid. Go sit in the corner. There's a new sheriff in town. Go <laughs> send it. Yep. Let's. traveled through time and space and the power of editing. I made it! And I will never be replaced. Cool. I just also got an achievement from that.